the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good to have you again as we continue our study. Uh, the book of Joshua, we're getting there. I know it's been a while, but uh, you said since when? May? May 1st. So not too long. You know? <laughs> with the pace that we're going with Mark, I think we're doing much better. Mark, we've been, you know, we started the Gospel of St. Mark on Friday, uh, five sessions and uh, up to verse 20 of uh, chapter one, which is 45 verses. So uh, we're, we're getting there. So looking at, uh, at Joshua again, you know, 24 chapters. So we're, we're, we're there, almost there. So uh, back again to Joshua chapter 22. As we said early on, uh, one of the most confusing chapters. Again, you see things that are starting very, very well. Uh, Joshua is actually uh, 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 praising the people and the two and a half tribes uh, that they were with them and they fought and they did this. And then, but then we see things are going the opposite direction. You see things actually not just going the opposite direction, but it's starting to cause war between the rest of the of the tribes and between the two and a half so you see all this like okay so you know what is the what is the bible trying to tell us is this good or bad and i think the more and more you read chapter 22 the more you get confused i don't know this is you know, this is how i see it you know when i read the more of the story and then the uh, as you will read it today and you see that actually uh uh, uh went and uh almost had uh, had an agreement with them and he's like it's fine you know i you know they gave him the, the the reasons why are they doing this and to him it sounds like okay that's fine and they went on but was it fine with god or not is it fine really or not where is the where is the thin line i think that's why today's also the continuation of that of that chapter is is very very important because i think it's very very relevant to the struggles that we go through and 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 you know the one question that uh, that that we can ask ourselves you know, can we compromise sometimes in order to 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 reach peace? You know, I think it's a very critical question. I think all of us, in at one point in our lives, in our relationships, have that question. You know, one of the of the of the of the statements that I was reading as I was looking more and more towards that. Uh, 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 I'll just read it read it for you. It says, "Peace is such a precious jewel that I would give anything for it, but truth." Peace is such a precious jewel. Beautiful. I would give every, anything for it, but truth. Because the problem happens when we give or when we, we, we accept peace on the account of what? Of truth. And you see this in the chapter today. That's why I'm saying it's kind of, you know, more and more confusing. Again, like, so what's wrong? It seems like they reached an agreement, right? They said, you know, we are building a, a, an altar. And then the rest of the tribes thought that they are building an altar for the Lord. And they went and sent a delegation like, no, 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 we're not doing this. It's just a memorial. Just kind of going to keep it there. Kind of like remind us who, who we are. And then they accepted this and said, okay, that's fine. But it wasn't fine. It wasn't fine. And on that mindset you start to actually kind of evaluate the the the, the, the decisions that we make and uh, and uh, and uh, the the events that we go through and sometimes we compromise for the sake of what we call peace right there's a beautiful and very very dangerous um verse in the book of of, of isaiah when he when he says that they say peace peace but there is no peace right they are propagandizing and advertising that there is peace but actually it's not peace why because it's on the account of compromising so let's let's dig into more in, <laughs> into the rest of the chapter and see exactly what happened and how we can 
we can uh, benefit from from that. You know, as as you were saying before, just for uh, to 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 catch up with everything that we've been doing and we've been saying. You know, again from the beginning that uh, that uh, God gave assignments for for Joshua to lead the people to conquer and to divide, right? And you see that this is happening in uh, in in. Uh, in uh, throughout the book, throughout the book, to the point of uh, of reaching the promised land, and to the point of actually start to dividing the land, and to the point of settling. But then you see again several events that are that are happening here. Again, one of them was the big one that few 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 chapters or few weeks ago we talked about that how many tribes that did not really actually went and conquered what they have. Remember, seven tribes, right? Like how long are you staying there? You have the land, you have the, the I gave you everything, you just have to go and fight more and take it. But they were still, and as you remember, we were talking about this about this uh, at that time, that it's not just like how long you are staying there, how long you're actually falling down and, and, and going into more and more things. And you see more of, of, of that. And you see that the bringing back again, the, the, the story of the two and a half tribes that at one point, they told Moses, like, what we don't want to cross the river with you. What we see right now is good. It's good for our uh, cattle, and it's a fertile land, and everything will, will stay there. And if you remember, we crossed this to, to Deuteronomy, and we saw that when they did this, actually, it says the anger of the Lord was kindled, right? Like, how could you refuse what I'm giving you? But at the end of the day, it's your choice, right? And we see the, the consequences of this. So basically, what happened, again, is at one point, you know, after everybody settled and after all those things, they start to actually do what they erected for themselves and built for themselves a temple, an altar, which again, totally against all the scripture, everything from day one, like the, 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 the offering should be at the tabernacle. There is one place and there is only one altar for the Lord. Right. So the people heard this from the rest of the tribes and said, okay, well, there is something is happening here. Uh, it's going to be something very, very, very bad. And we probably should go and fight. But then let's before fight, let's send a delegation to do what? To check it out, what's happening there. So they, they sent the delegation and went and talked. And then uh, we'll see what they are saying here today, because that's, again, uh, <coughs> excuse me, what's, what's uh, relevant to us now and, and important to, to where we at. So uh, Joshua 22, and let's read from verse, uh, 11, let's read from verse 11 and, and, and go on and see exactly where is the story ending. And the people of Israel heard it said, behold, the people of Reuben and the people of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh have built the altar at the frontier of the land of Canaan in the region about the Jordan on the side that belongs to the people of Israel. Remember we talked about what, there's a phrase that we, we, we talked about last time, being what? Blank Christian, being what? Border, borderline Christian. I wanna be on the border. I don't wanna be inside the promised land. I'm still Christian. I'm still, you know, I know things. I practice things. I do things. I, I do my dues and everything, but you know what? Let me be a borderline. Borderline means I am closer to whom? To the enemy. If I'm not in the core, in the heart, I am on the border. If I'm on the border, I am closer to the enemy. So that's what, what the book is saying here. Let's be, you know, again, and, and you see why, why the description of the geographical area says, in the region about the Jordan on the side that belongs to the people of Israel. Okay. And when the people of Israel heard of it, 
the whole assembly of the people of Israel gathered at Shiloh to make war against them. Then the people of Israel sent to the people of Reuben and the people of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest. And with him, 10 chiefs, one from each of the tribal families of Israel, every one of them, the head of a family among the clans of Israel. And they came to the people of Reuben and people of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh and the land of Gilead, in the land of Gilead. And they said to them, thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, what is this breach of faith that you have committed against the God of Israel in turning away this day from following the Lord by building yourselves an altar this day in rebellion against the Lord? Now let's just pause for a minute here and see exactly the, 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 what what's, what's their, their, their statement is. In rebellion of the Lord, against the Lord, what does that mean? How are they describing the, 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 the 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 action itself like a treason exactly exactly Khiana in arabic like treason you're actually going against everything against your identity against your nationality against your faith against everything by doing what building an altar right but again for them you when you read the text when we continue to read the text it seems like they're very, they have very, very good intentions. Like, like no, like we're not doing that. Right? And that's why, again, I keep saying it comes as a very, very confusing chapter. Like, you know, we have all the good intentions about that. We're not going to offer anything. But are good intentions enough? <laughs> that's a very important question. Are good intentions enough? No. Why? In this case, why good intentions weren't enough? What what were what was going to happen with that? Civil war. Nine and a half against two and a half, huge thing. So, justifying the things that we do based on well, I, my intentions are good. Well, we need to look into it more and more. How is that impacting other people? I can't just say, well, I didn't mean anything, but I actually am hurting somebody else. Right. I mean, I mean, it's very, very easy to 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 make this story relevant to our lives because I think it happens to every one of us, right? In our relationship with each other, whether home, spouses, neighbors, people, servants, in every level. Well, but I didn't mean to. Right? But I didn't mean to. Actually, even if you don't mean, if you didn't mean to, you have to understand the danger of the action, right? So let, let's continue continue the, the, the text and see, you know, where is this going? Because again, I, I find it very, very interesting and very, uh, I'll keep saying this, very confusing, very confusing. So here it says that uh, what in, in the action, in the original, being unfaithful and committed against God. Unfaithful here is, is the word that, uh, that, that is used, which is more of, uh, of uh, standing against unfaithful, treacherous act against 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 god himself against god himself again well that's not our intention we just want to have a memory memorial to remember but it doesn't work this way it doesn't work this way have and then that's why again they called them and said you know and the 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 the, the in verse 16 um 
Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, what is this breach of faith? Breach of faith, number one, right? Breach of faith. Why? Because it's against everything, right? That you have committed against the God of Israel. So here again, the sin or the, or the breach is against whom, not against the people of Israel, against whom? The God of Israel. And that's a very, very other important point. Lots of times, you know, we, we miss and we, 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 we skip the idea of when I am hurting somebody, I'm not just hurting the person. And this, this, is, this is against whom? It's God himself. Right? But you know what? I can't stand this person. Well, you need to see God in that person. And things will, will, will start to look different. Because he created him and created her and created me and created all of us. We all have the one source. So if you look at the, at the text again, it says, you know, but, uh, but it's not, although it starts by, thus says the whole congregation of the Lord. And here again, the congregation of the Lord, not the congregation of Israel, right? The text is very, very clear and very kind of like directing the hearer to one thing, right? That God is the center. And if you're doing this, even if you have good intentions, but it's not against God, but it's against God, then it's wrong. It's wrong. What is the breach of faith that you have committed against the God of Israel in turning away this day from following the Lord by building yourselves an altar this day in rebellion against them? Why building yourselves? Not just why building. Why building yourself? Or here, have built for yourselves an altar. Not just have built an altar. Yes. Yes. Who's the altar for? For God. The altar is for God. And you see, building an altar for yourself. For yourself. Can, can we start a relationship, even though it's a spiritual relationship, but for ourselves, not for God? Like, Abuna, why are you complicating things? It's good enough that we're starting a relationship. You know, who cares what is it for? No. No. We have to be careful. How can we build a relationship with God for ourselves? Hmm? To feel good about it, right? To feel good about it. To get things, to get things, to get the reward, right? Remember when we said that relationship, most of the times it's like an employer-employee relationship. I work for you and you give me the check at the end of the pay period. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's all I want from you. But it is like, no, no. That's why here, this, the text is very, very specific that you know, as a reminder, not only that you build an altar, no, you build for yourselves or building yourselves an altar this day in rebellion against God. Have we not had enough of the sin at Peor? Here now, Phinehas is bringing two examples from the past. Why is he bringing those two examples? Let's read them first. Have, you, have we not had enough of the sin at Peor from which even yet we have not cleansed ourselves and for which there came a plague upon the congregation of the Lord? That you too must turn away this day from the following the Lord. And if you too rebel against the Lord today, then tomorrow he will be angry with the whole congregation of Israel. But now if the land of your possession is unclean, pass over into the Lord's land where the Lord's tabernacle stands and take for yourselves a possession among us only do not rebel against the Lord or make us 
as rebels by building for yourselves an altar other than the altar of the Lord. And then he brings another example. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, break faith in the matter of the devoted things? And wrath fell upon the old congregation of Israel, and he did not perish alone for his iniquity. So he's bringing two, two very, very important and very, very uh, 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 bad experiences for the people of Israel at one point when they did what? Rebelled. Again, you see how many times he's using the word rebel, 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 right? Why, why, why would did Finhas had to actually use an example from the past? Isn't it, wasn't it enough for him to say, you know what, just, you know, hey, don't do that. Why bringing the examples from the past? Experience. Experience, right? Learn from the experience. That's number one. What else? Number two, what else? Hmm? Evidence. Evidence of what? What's gonna happen, right? Yes, like you're, you, this is, this is again, it's not just about good intentions, right? No, you have to be responsible for the consequences of your choices. Remember this, remember this, right? Those were very two big things, yes. What else? Uh, important point, Abuna, you know, the rest and the plague doesn't happen to, to the person who, Wronged only. It happens all over the congregation. Congregation, exactly. Thank you, Dr. Samir. Yes. That the punishment or the result, let me see the result, not the punishment, the result of the action impacted whom? Everyone, the whole congregation, the whole people, the whole body, right? And that's a very important thing. You can see this very, very much in the first uh, epistle, St. Paul to the Corinthians, right? Like they allowed that sinner to be in the midst. They didn't do anything about him, and you all are wrong. And I'm, 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 St. Paul is actually discussing this and acting and talking to the whole church. To the whole church. Again, the, 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 the weight of the righteousness of one or the unrighteousness of one to the whole congregation. So here he brings those two, two, two examples, like it wasn't just the, the one person. You, that was the whole thing, it was, it was tragedy. Sorry, Nabil, you wanted to say something? No, okay, or David, maybe. Somebody wanted to. <laughs> it affected everyone, yes, it affected everyone. So that's another thing again. It's real, it's happening, it's, it's, it's an evidence. It's, it's reality and it's the impact is for everyone, the impact of it. And that's a very good point. It just happened, right? Even if it's seven, 10 years ago, but still that's, that's modern history, right? It's, more, it's not something that, that way in the back. And look at what he's trying to say also again, but now in, in verse 19, let me read this one more time. But now if the land of your possession is unclean, like if you're not really happy with where you are, just come back, right? You chose this. Pass over into the Lord's land where the Lord's tabernacle stands. Meaning what? The Lord's tabernacle is always open. The way to return is always open. But no, we made this bad decision and here we are now. We're stuck in that, uh, in that area. God will never accept us. No, no, no. No. The tabernacle is there. It's right there. Just, just turn. Just, if you don't see really, you know, 
find yourself and find your identity in this land, just make the decision. Take the decision and turn into where the land, where the Lord's tabernacle stands. And take for yourselves a possession among us. Not only turn, but also you're going to get what? Possession also. And, and yes, Elvir, go ahead. Yes. I can't say that Joshua was okay. He blessed them, yes, because of their work. Being fair. Like you came and fought with us for all those seven, eight years, and you, you were really part of the victory. So, you know, God bless you, right? But still, that wasn't, again, it wasn't right, right? So, so let's not forget about That's why we were, we're, we're, we're taking this back again to Deuteronomy, where when they said to Moses, no, we stay here, and then right away it says that God's wrath was kindled, right? So yes, he, he blessed their action. At one point, yes, they were faithful with the promise that they did to Moses, right? Is this, again, I mean, you can take this from a different level, also a different view and said, okay, well, you know, continuing to, 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 to avoid the actual problem will actually cause another problem, right? But at one point, they reached that agreement. Again, and as we were saying before, you know, you, you going back again to Deuteronomy, it seems like it was Moses' agreement more than God's agreement, right? Like, okay, you want to stay here, stay here, but just come and fight with us, right? But again, basically what I'm trying to say, if you start something on the wrong foundation, it continues to be wrong. Even if you try to make it right. Yes, David. So, so big part of the problem is that feeling of selfishness. Again, back again, you're building for yourself. You don't care about the rest of the of the congregation, right? You're here and you're fine, but the rest are actually in daily in that in that and paying probably again. You know, they must. You know, just just imagining the 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 they lost somebody, they lost something. I mean, it's it's like being in the war for for that period of time. It's not like like okay, the rest of the family, you know, what are safe, are safe. But come again to, to, to back again to, to the to the text to specifically what what the delegation gave that 
answer or that way uh, for them to come back again when when they told them in verse 19 uh, that again you know what there is always a way to come back now if the land of your possession is unclean pass over into the lord's land where the lord's tabernacle stands and take for yourselves a possession among us right? come the door is open the way is open just come and we'll take we'll give you we'll give you it only do not rebel against the Lord or make us a rebel, rebels by building for yourself an altar other than the altar of the Lord our God. Period. Period. So here comes their, the next passage comes their, what, their argument. Listen to this. Verse 21. Did not, again, we, we read this and the, the other example. Look, look at 21. Then the people of Reuben and the people of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh said in answer to the heads of families of Israel. You know how when, 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 when I'm convinced of something, I'm so stubborn, I'm trying to, 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 to justify it, right? Like, come on, you're doing something wrong. You're rebelling against the God. You have a way to come back again. Just come back. But then you start to justify your things with a very, very, very actual convincing scenario right it's it's the it's the craziness of the of the of the of the mind of the man right when i know there's something wrong but i'm so convinced that i want to do it and i will make whatever and come up with whatever argument in order to say what i'm right and you're wrong so let's read it then the people of Reuben said this in verse 22, 22, 22. The mighty one, God, the Lord, the mighty one, God, the Lord. <laughs> see, see, the text is beautiful. No, they said like, they use, actually, I was reading this, they use in the original six names of God. Between, between, uh, uh, I mean, look at them. Between El, Elohim, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahweh, you know, like not like like they're trying to convince them and convince themselves that you know what they are actually doing this for god imagine using six names of god el elohim yahweh and then goes on again into into other you know other names so you know it's 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 it's, it's as of the text is actually convin convicting them right away right the mighty one god the lord the mighty one god the lord he knows <laughs> like what else what is the one? God knows what we want. God knows our intention. Just stay away from here. Overcompensating. And it's very subtle because, again, we use the same thing lots of times. Like God knows what I mean. Right? We use the same, the, same, the same phrases even. Right? No, no, but God knows that's not my intention. Well, the wrong is wrong and the right is right. <laughs> Yes, 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 they're using the name of God in vain, exactly, yes, and not once, six times. God knows, he knows, and let Israel itself know, if it was in rebellion or in, in breach of faith against the Lord, do not spare us today. Very innocent. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. They're already separating them in their language that, you know what? We're not with you. You are different. And not, not even that, but more and more, the, the, uh, uh, the three names, not six names, sorry, three names. Il, Mighty God, Elohim, Jehovah, three names. Why did I bring six from? Sorry, I'm seeing doubles probably. 
but uh, but yes they are separating already and saying what you are israel we are different and here we go right so they're trying to make their point they're arguing for in defense of what they have done again very easy you can get into the same mindset very easy you can get into the same mindset like i know that i'm doing something wrong i know it's not the right thing but you know what i will convince myself and convince everybody else that it's good intentions right with whatever i mean we can each one of us can probably start to think and kind of like what is it what is this happening how is this happening in my life right in what ways in what area but remember again verse 19 the door is open just have to come across and the tabernacle stands and he is there waiting for you right right it's not easy for them to come back you know the same thing thanks for reminding for, for bringing this up surely because it's the same thing when 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 Ezra and Nehemiah start to bring the people back again to the to the city to Jerusalem come let's build the city like what city <laughs> we've been here for 70 years this is our home now this is our business this is our family and you look at the numbers and compare the numbers and with multiply them with the years and everything like it's no no one no one is going back and then even after they went back again <laughs> you see this in Haggai after this some of them went to build and the rest of them went to their own homes own villages let's build our homes and forget about the past it's amazing it's the repetition of the same thing with ourselves with ourselves 23, for building an altar to turn away from the following the Lord, or if we did so to offer burnt offerings or grain offerings or peace offerings on it, may the Lord himself take vengeance. Like, we're not doing this. Like, we know exactly. It's not for, for offering. No, but we did it from fear that in time to come, your children might say to our children, what have you to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? So here, it's only also taken a, 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 a bold <laughs> accusation why do you understand this verse or not what does this verse mean verse 24 but no but we did it from fear that in time of to come your children might say to our children what have you to do with the lord the god of israel what is happening here yeah but it's not true because now they're accusing the children of israel that they would be what the offenders the children of israel are the one who are not following god right? your children will accuse us your children are the bad ones we are nothing we're just like we're trying to remember god here and you know worship him in that temple and we have nothing wrong there is nothing wrong to do they are very aware of separation. Yes, yes, and that's a good, that's a great point. Like when we when we when we separate ourselves from God, are we aware of that separation or not? When we make a decision, whatever the decision, knowing that this will actually based on myself, are we aware at that point that we make a right wrong decision or not? You convince yourself, but in the beginning, you know it is. I might have said this before, you know, when we go to the prison ministry, 
And we, we talked to the guys there and he said like, okay, and all of them, all of them, 100%, like the time we committed what we did, we were 100% aware that this is something wrong. Throughout the 10 years that I've been going there, no single one said that what, I didn't know what I'm doing. And we're talking about lifers. It's very, very interesting. No, we know. We know. But again, justifying it, sugarcoating it, uh, compromising. Right? What is the reason for all those things? Why would we compromise? Why would we sugarcoat? Why would we deny that I am aware that this is actually separating me and breaking the body of Christ? Why? Yes, fake peace, right? To, to find to, you know, what I'm so much overwhelmed with too many things, you know, what I let, let's just settle this way, the way it is, and just kind of, you know, that's not peace. And as we will see later on here. Okay, yes, 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 right? That's a great point. You know, Abuna Musa, when he was here the other day, he was talking about that. With with the, with the with the Friday, like you know, we we always say us as immigrants who are not originally from here, and we came to the U.S. and parents came, and it's all because of my children, right? We keep this time. But I was talking about this, right? And we did this, and we left everything for the sake of our children and to have a better life. And I, okay, and then after a while, looking at this, are we really you know doing this? What is better life for them? What does that mean, right? Why do we have so much? broken families? Why do you have so much people who are forgetting about their families and so much into, into the work so they can pay the bills and pay the bills and pay the bills and forgetting about the home and forgetting about the house, forgetting about the kids? Why are we here? Why, why did we come? Right. And, and I mean, this is just maybe irrelevant to some of us, but, but it's, it's on the, same, on the same level, everything, right? Again, we can start something that it's very, very good reason for a beautiful spiritual reason, but then things can go away. Why? Because the tabernacle that's in Shilua was not clear. You start to try to find somebody, try to find God in another temple. And God understands and he knows, again, he knows, as, as they said, God knows, he knows. So how did that end to continue? 25, for the Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. We are talking about this last time, David, right? The Lord, see here, <laughs> so what do you sense out of this verse? They're blaming it's the Lord even, right? He made the Jordan a boundary, like really? <laughs> right. You were the one who chose this. Exactly. So it's a great boundary if they're all on the other side. Exactly. Boundary between them and between the enemy. But here you say that the Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. You people of Reuben and people of Gad, of, Gad, of Gad, you have no portion in the Lord so your children might make our children cease to worship the Lord. Therefore, we said, let us now build an altar not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifice. The irony of this, I was reading about this. So now they built another what? Altar, which is also another what? Memorial. The, 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 where is this memorial, the, the memorial compared to the memorial that Joshua did and put in the 
in the rivers. The irony that actually the geography of the area is not too far from that lake. So when what did Joshua do when he when he said take twelve stones and keep them in the bottom of the river? What was that for? As a as a memory of what, as we said before, remember. The old time has been buried. Now everything is new, right? So now what are they doing? They're doing what? They're going back to the old, right? And another memorial. Well, memorial for what exactly? And again, you see that this could happen with us. You know, we were baptized. We made the promise. We committed our life to God. We made that memorial that we are his. But then in the same time, in the same place, not too far away from that, we built another memorial to identify ourselves and to relate back again to the, to the old. To relate to the old. Yes. The what again? What do you think? I mean, I don't know. It seems like they sort of have a valid point. But that's the whole argument. That's what we're talking about. That And that's why it's very, very tricky. Right? Well, how do you know that? We know that from the commandments itself. Like, there is only one place to offer the burnt offering. Well, we, we're not really going to offer anything. No burnt offering, no wheat offering, nothing. We're just having it to remember. Right? Well, why do you remember God in the land of the enemy? But even with the argument, and this is another very important point. Thanks, Albert, for bringing this up. This is another very important point. Even if you go with the with the with the idea of they really have good intentions, they were deceived. Why am I saying that? Because in Jeremiah seventeen, as we all know, it talks about the heart as what the heart is the most deceitful and it's evil, right? So maybe they are. Maybe we can we can give them you know the the, the benefit of doubts. Maybe they actually what had a good reason, had a good reason, but they didn't know. But now with this, what, how do you, how do you argue this point? I want to hear from you before we go on. Like if we really say that you know what they really that's what they were saying that oh every single thing that they said that it was true. They really didn't want to build an altar to, to offer. It is just that fear, but here they are now. And they are convinced how, somehow that there's nothing wrong with, with what they do. Number one, they could have asked. Okay, what else? Can we have asked God? Is this okay or not? Show us, okay. What else? 
They have people who are leaders and priests. What else? Even till that point, remember again, that's why we stopped at, 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 at verse 19. Verse 19 is telling them again to come and do what? Go back again, right? So we can fall, we can, our heart can deceive us, right? We can be, be directed by, by, by the wrong uh, uh, reason for whatever, but always God is trying to do what? To correct, to correct. And this is the beauty of being in his presence all the time. And it's a beautiful prayer. You know, I learned it myself. I'm like, Lord, please fix the mistakes that I do. I've probably talked about this before, right? Because we can be easily be deceived. But where is the, the compass that will bring us back again? Is being in his presence. Being always come like, Lord, I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> is this right or wrong? Show me something. Right? But the stubbornness and the self-pride, like, no, I know what I'm doing. And I will not hear anything else from anybody else. Then it becomes what? What else? Any other thoughts about this? Yes. How are you going to correct this? Yes. Right. Right. Not doing anything. And that's always a good sign. Again, if we are really bringing up a, a, a memorial or something to witness, you know, was that witness witnessing anything for unity and real peace? Or it was witnessing for what? For division. For division. So, you know, we know when, when in every single step and every single decision that we're making, is this really causing peace between me and myself, between me and God, between me and the others or not? Or not? Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. And they're going to have their fights. But they can never get away from the fact that they are brothers and right. in the land itself. And I find that very interesting. And it's interesting. Yes. Come together, interesting facts, David. Yes, I agree. Because the, 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 the core and the main reason for that division is what? And the same thing again, if you go back again to Abraham and Lot, right? For example, the same, the main reason for that division, the main reason for all that civil war and all the thing was what? Their choices. And the choices was based on what? What they see and their greed. Right? The greed. I want this. This is good for me. Looking just under their feet, not looking at the full picture, not looking at what and how is this going to impact the whole nation. Right? A lot of times that's what we do. Like, I don't care about anybody else. You know, it's good for me. 
it's gonna uh, uh, that's what i want that's what i'm convinced that's what i will justify i don't care about anybody else and it all starts with a very single thought of greed or thought of selfishness or thought of you know what this is what i want I'm studying the book of uh, the Diabolic War by Pope Shenouda with uh, with our discipleship group in in Calabar, Nigeria. And one of the things we were discussing the other day is one of the of the intrigues of the enemy is the the speed, the haste. You do things in haste. You do things very fast, right? And it's a very very good reminder. You know, like I want to do things like okay, I'm, a thought came to my mind. Okay, I'm gonna go and do it right away. Like settle down, pray. Ask, examine. That's why you know in the scriptures examine every spirit. If this is coming from God or not. And again, it comes out of zeal, comes out of love, comes out of you know what activity. You know, I'm a very active person and I want to get things done and I'm gonna forget about it. I don't care. You know, a, a, a mindset kind of struck my mind. Okay, I'm, let's go and do it right away. I probably said this example before. I was uh, getting back to Abu Namus again. A few years again, few few years ago, we had the. Uh, uh, a retreat and we were discussing he was we we're inviting him as a speaker here we were talking over the phone and then okay Abuna, what do you think and then about the topic and then he goes okay well here is uh, i'm thinking about that what do you think but perfect okay let's do it it's like what do you mean let's do it <laughs> no no let's pray about it think about it examine it and let's talk next week to see if this is what god wants in us yes thank you <laughs> here i am learning right the haste in doing things, the speed in doing things without examining, without asking, without having a spiritual guide. Going back to my spiritual guide, is this good or bad? Should I do this? Can we pray together about it? Like I, I might not, not even know as a spiritual guide. I don't know. But let's pray together about it. Right? See where is it going. Right? And that's a very important fact here. Again, it all started from a small thought of greed. Like, I want this land. This is mine. And you see that the whole the whole chapter is talking about this, you know, lengthy chapter talking about this particular, particular uh, incident here. So, what happened next? So we can we can finish chapter twenty-two. Again, therefore, we said, let us now build an altar, not not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifice, but be but to be a witness between us and you. Again, what is it really witnessing for? And between our generations after us, that we do perform the service of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings and sacrifices and peace offerings. So your children will not say to our children in time to come, you have no portion in the Lord. Back again. Right? So it's very, very, you know, engulfed and, 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 and covered by a very spiritual reason. But again, something is wrong. Far be it, again, far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn away this day from following the Lord by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings of sacrifice, other than the altar of the Lord, our God that stands before his heaven. Very convincing, right? Then, when Phinehas, the priest, and the chiefs of the congregation, the heads of the families of Israel, who were with him, heard the words that the people of Reuben and people of Gad and the people of Manasseh spoke, it was good in their eyes. That's another big flag, red flag. It was good in their eyes. And again, the text is very kind of clear in directing us towards certain, it was good in their eyes. Was it good in God's eyes? What do you think? You didn't ask? What else? 
yes. What was good in their eyes, exactly. That's the theme of judges, exactly, yes. There is no God, there's no leader, there is nobody. And they did, everybody did what was good in their own eyes. A very big red flag here, right? It's good in my eyes, I'll do it, okay? Be careful, be careful. Yes, again, again, yes. Uh, say to our children the time to come, you have no portion in the road. And we thought in 28, this is, if this should be said to us or to our descendants in time to come, we should say, behold the copy of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, not for burnt offering, nor for slave, but to be a witness between us. So the, again, they're starting thing based on the wrong, on the wrong uh, foundation. So they're trying to justify things, right? So in they are they are still kind of like you can see that this is actually causing even confusion, right? And you know one small lie starts to be a big lie and then starts to be a bigger lie and then like. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's what we were talking about early on. That we can compromise and we can find well the, the whole idea is to prevent a peace okay even if it's on the account of breaking the law and that's another whole big 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 issue right well so what's better just let them go with this and have a full whole war civil war or okay that's fine whatever you want as long as you said this you know again god knows right It's very thin line and, 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 and needs lots of wisdom and lots of, 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 of direction, right? But again, you know, when, when you see the text is actually very clear on saying that they, you know, it was good in their eyes, it's, it's, it's a, something like the text is trying to tell you, be careful, right? And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, said to the people of Reuben and the people of Gad and the people of Manasseh, today we know that the Lord is in our midst because you have not committed this breach of faith against the Lord. Now you have delivered the people of Israel from the hand of the Lord. That's again where it comes very confusing. Like, so again, was this good or bad? <laughs> like, what, what's wrong with that? What do you think of this particular verse? Before we, before we close on chapter 22. They went along with the argument. Yes, yes. And again, if we read, continue to read the book of Judges, you see that again, this was not God's, in, in, in favor of God's eye, right? It actually impacted everybody else. So it's, again, you, you come again, it, it sounds like they, they're okay with that. And God is okay with this. But it doesn't say at any point that actually they went and what? 
prayed about it. We've talked to God about it. We've asked God about it. Like, what should we do about this? Here we are. There is their argument. And here's what's happening. What should we do? I mean, you see this a lot in the past with Moses and with Joshua. Went to the Lord and asked him, okay, what should we do? Right? Waiting for the people to? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the report was good in the eyes of the people again. <laughs> yeah. You know, as we always say, the scripture explains itself. Right? There is no mention here that it was good in the eyes of. It wasn't there. So how do we know that this was wrong? Well, the text is very clear. The text is very clear. It doesn't say God was pleased, right? Although, again, it started the chapter Albir by Joshua, blessing them, right? But here again, and the report was good in the eyes of the people of Israel. And the people of Israel blessed God and spoke no more of making war against them to destroy the land where the people of Reuben and people of Israel. The people of Reuben and the people of Gad called the altar witness for they said, it is a witness between us and the Lord is God. As if they won their case. Very interesting, Jess. And brings up, again, lots of things. Again, like, why do we have to complicate things like this? It's not complicated. I think it's just being, being trying to be faithful and trying to understand how does, how does things work and how does devil work fighting against us? Right? But it's, it's, it's dangerous. Right? It's good in the eyes of the people of Israel. It's good in their eyes. They, again, they reached a point of what, of peace. But that peace was what was compromised, was compromised. I was uh, reading something that says, uh, and, and just let you kind of, you know, ponder upon this thought. There is always a place in human relations for loving conciliation, but never for cowardly compromise. There is always a place in human relations for loving conciliation. Let's, con let's reconcile. But there shouldn't be a place for what? Cowardly compromise. So what does that mean when I have that uh, person at work that is really giving me a hard time all the time and I don't know if I should compromise just for the sake of the peace and pray and see what God wants you to do. <laughs> right? How about that family member that is really kind of like doing this and doing that and like well, what's better to, to well, I don't know. <laughs> But what is that witness witnessing for? Okay. The true peace is peace that brings joy. The true peace is the peace that edifies. The true peace is the peace that actually makes us all one, brings unity. Brings unity. Another last thought of this before we, 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 we close. Church history is replete with agreements and accords that magnify unity over purity and truth. You can see this throughout the church history in general, Christ Christendom in general, and therefore never lasts. Right? Whether in our personal relationships, in our homes, churches, or in our nations, the only peace that lasts is peace that is based on truth and purity. It's a very, very important fact. Very important fact.
And again, you know, they reached a peace at one point, but we know very well that this was not in favor of the unity of the people. So we know very, very well what happened after this. Right? It did not build them together as a strong nation. So that was chapter 22. Thank God. Uh, and then 23 and 24. Again, we can probably, uh, uh, 23 probably can go through it all in one, just one thought about it and maybe, so hopefully maybe two, three times and then we'll be done with, uh, with, uh, with Joshua. Uh, when is Kiak? December 6th, I think, or something like that. So we might, you know, because with Kiak, with, with the month of the Coptic month of Kiak, we will always have praises and, and so forth, we'll stop. So I'm hoping that maybe even plan it that we can stop by that time so we don't start like one chapter or one session and then wait for another month. So let's maybe try to plan it this way. Uh, even if we have like one week that we can just have like a review and, and, and just kind of like sharing together what we have learned from that and then pause for the month of Kiak, which is in probably uh, three, four weeks, maybe three weeks probably or so. I can't believe that's so fast. Uh, maybe, yeah. And then we, we move on with that. Okay. Questions? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the study. Thank you for your words that are life giving, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for uh, your spirit that teaches us, Lord, the discernment and the wisdom, Lord, and everything that you do. Allow us to come truly, Lord, and uh, pour our hearts in your, uh, under your feet every day, Lord, and ask for that uh, wisdom, Lord, in order to not to compromise anything, Lord, uh, over your, your truth, Lord, your absolute truth. Hear our prayer and supplication. Name of all your saints here, as we see our Father who art in heaven. May the love of God the Father, the grace of His only begotten Son, the King of the Holy Spirit, with you go in peace. Peace with you all. Amen. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye bye.